0: Welcome to Shady Grove Radio. I'm Dan Loggins, and this is the day the Lord has made, and this is episode number 52 of Shady Grove Radio. We are really looking at the history of Shady Grove Wesleyan Church. We're celebrating 150 years of Shady Grove just this year, and we're about to get into the main part of that celebration coming up this month, October, and into November. And so my interviews have focused around people who have pastored at Shady Grove, who have worked on staff at Shady Grove, and even others who are familiar and attending and grew up here at Shady Grove Wesleyan Church in Colfax. You're not going to want to miss any one of these upcoming podcasts.
1: 1980 to 1991, those 11 years we were at Shady Grove, I think we can both say probably the best 11 years of our lives.
0: Somebody is making their broadcast debut on (laughs) Shady Grove Radio.
1: Your mother was my first staff person. She was our music director the first year we, we were there. And I presented Derek's name, and I remember Stan Sachs. Stan Sachs said, I make a motion we hire Derek Idle. Pastor Phil was new. He had only been accepted a call into the ministry the year before and uh, we began to work together and he became one of my closest friends ever.
2: The first Sunday that Kim Dowdy Fowler sang and she was three years old and she got up there And she just sang her little heart out. And that's kind of how she got her start. (laughs)
0: Well, she still does it that way. We're going to call this series Hidden Secrets of Shady Grove Wesleyan Church. (laughs) It was revival time. There's an evangelist there. That guy got really
1: worked up. Some spittle began to form. Oh, my goodness. In the corners of his mouth that turned white. And Mark leaned over (laughs) to me and said, dude's got rabies. (laughs)
0: last people that I was talking to there on Shady Grove Radio, George and Margaret Gasperson, they were there for uh, many years in various capacity. That, that episode is coming up a little bit later, but today we have our guest Joan Wood Rampy. Now, some of you may not know Joan Wood Rampy. Joan is the oldest daughter of Dixon and Naomi Wood, who pastored at Shady Grove beginning in 1951. And when they moved to Shady Grove from Eastern North Carolina, Joan was five years old. And so uh, Dwight Eisenhower was president back then, in case you, you, you didn't know that. He, he had just come into office. And uh, Shady Grove and the Colfax community uh, was a place that was, it was very busy. It was a busy church. There was a lot going on. It was a different time. No computers, uh, you know, no, no, no video games, Uh, a a simpler life, a more rural life, a lot of farming going on, a lot of wonderful meals cooked, home-cooked meals. And Shady Grove was a place that uh, was bustling with activities, especially on Sunday and special days, homecoming, whenever people would cook food and bring it. They had a Wednesday night prayer meeting that Joan will talk about and so many other things that you're going to enjoy listening as we hear from Joan Woodrampy. Who was the preacher's kid? Beginning in 1951, and for over 30 years, her parents pastored there at Shady Grove.
2: I was telling someone this evening. I, I met with uh, one of the girls in my small group, and one of the ladies in my small group, and uh, I was telling her that I was coming home and going to do this interview. And uh, I said, you know, I said it wasn't. It was almost an idyllic place to grow up and community wise. And I said, as far as the church went, I truly thought until long after I was gone from there, I truly thought it was perfect. I thought the people in the church were perfect. I did. As a child, I just thought it was perfect. I'm sure there had to be things, but my parents were not the kind that would have ever discuss those in front of us. And so I just grew up thinking that the church and the people of the church were just wonderful. You, you had the church, and the church served the community, and um, the people of the community would choose the church they were going to be a part of, and whoever the pastor was that came, that was their pastor.
0: What are your first memories of, of Shady Grove when you first moved there? What do you recall?
2: Probably my the earliest kind of visual memory I have is of Lee Smith, actually. Um, I don't know that he came to down to Rose Hill, where we were moving from, if he came down there and helped us move, or if he was just there um, and was a very visible presence when we were moving in. Uh, I remember uh, just thinking it was the most glorious house I had ever seen, that big two-story home. I was five when we moved there, and I just remember Lee Smith, um, his wife was Helen. I just remember him being a part of that move somehow. In in my
0: lifetime, it seems like the community and Shady Grove Church was all kind of all kind of one thing. Was it that way then?
2: The church and the community, It for me, my recollection is it was just all very interwoven. When I started school there at Colfax Elementary, my first grade teacher was Hattie Stack, who was also one of my Sunday school teachers. <laughs> and my third grade teacher was Panthea Bowman, who was also one of my Sunday school teachers. Wow just the the community life and the life of the church to me was just all one part of a huge part of my life of course i was there for everything at the church and just loved it dan i had to i mean i just i just loved it i loved everything about it well let me back up i didn't love wednesday night prayer meetings you know, um, my, my feet didn't touch the floor, and, you know, we sang a song, and then it was, you know, the, the Bible teaching. There weren't children's ministries or thing, if anything to go to, so you just sat there. And my parents, both of them were very big on the type of decorum that you would have in a church service. I understand. And uh, I wasn't really to lay over in, like, my mom's lap if i was tired you acted like you were really paying attention <laughs> and uh, and like i say my feet didn't touch the floor and my feet would go to sleep and you see so you'd swing your feet and I, that i remember that but aside from wednesday night prayer meeting i loved everything everything about the church but the people the people were just they are the giants of my story and talking with people and trying to describe what it was like to grow up at Shady Grove. I talk about the men there who were, they were larger than life people to me, just in terms of the stature that they held in my childhood and my young girl's mind, just the kind of men they were, but also they were big. Men, <laughs> you know, I—I mean, Reed Hyatt and Henry Stanley, Russell Crutchfield, Frank Smith—those were big men, tall men. And I just remember just thinking they were just wonderful, wonderful men. Lee Smith was another one. Lee and Helen and Ebby uh, Bowman uh, lived just down the road. One of the things that I do remember um, Abby did, he was the song leader. I know he was the song leader on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And maybe there were other times, because I know, of course, mom led the music some. Abby is the one, I mean, I grew up on hymns. I don't know how Abby came to um have such an appreciation for those hymns, but that's what we sang. And uh, it was just wonderful. I can in my mind's eye, I can still see him up there doing that. And there were others, you know dan marshall and and so many others. We had Sunday school, a very vibrant Sunday school. We had we had the opening exercises, and I remember one of my vivid memories of the opening exercises, was the first Sunday that Kim Dowdy Fowler sang (laughs) and she was three years old. And she got up there and stood between the first altar and the second altar. She stood on that little area in between those two altars and she just sang her little heart out in the opening of Sunday school opening exercises of Sunday school. And that's kind of how she got her start.
0: Wow. (laughs) Well, she still does it that way too.
2: Yeah. She's amazing. (laughs) I could have this wrong. It seems like Lee Smith was the Sunday school superintendent for a long time. Dan Marshall, I think he was later. Oh, he was wonderful. Dan and Lucille were wonderful figures. in my in my memory
0: did you have vacation bible school
2: yes we did and it was in the daytime it went it was three hours long from nine to twelve i mean it was that way for years i just remember the volunteers and the staff and all were just they were just it just seemed like there were so many people involved in that and it was it was a big bible school a lot of the community people, even if they weren't attached to, you know, Shady Grove would be a part of that. But, yeah, you know, we had Vacation Bible School.
0: I heard tonight that there was a depot that used to sit over by the train track.
2: Oh, my. Yes. My friend, Cindy Evans, my next door neighbor, she and I would go down there and lay in the grass between the little depot, which became the post office, which became a photo studio. I think Bill Best maybe had a photo studio there for a while in that little building. But we would lay in the grass for the, waiting for the train to come by. And then we'd just wave. And uh, yes, and it would snatch the mail. You know, the mail would be in a bag hanging on a pole next to the, the railroad tracks. And the train would come by and had this little hook. And it would snatch that mail and take it off to wherever, probably Greensboro.
0: We'll continue our conversation with Joan Wood Rampy in just a moment. You're listening to Shady Grove Radio.
1: We are getting closer and closer to Christmas morning. We have 15 days until Christmas.
0: This time of year can be filled with happiness, but the holidays can also cause sadness
1: and depression.
2: But If you're a person who finds this time of year anything but joyful, you are not alone. Surviving the Holidays is a one-time session that we'll have at Shady Grove on November 6th at 9.30. goes for two hours. Um, it is a an event where you will register online. We have limited seating. What we will be talking about is helping people through the holidays that have lost loved ones. The holidays coming up are just stressful.
0: This is about dealing with grief. Yes. And things that might happen during the holidays that might create a very unpleasant holiday.
2: Yes. Now, you said
0: November the 6th. What day of the week is that?
2: That's a Saturday morning.
0: Okay, so this is on a Saturday morning now.
2: In the community center there on the campus.
0: Okay.
1: After the death of a loved one, you may be worried about the upcoming holiday season.
2: I used to say, I wish I could go to sleep the day before Thanksgiving and wake up January 2nd.
1: Introducing Grief Share Surviving the Holidays, a special one-time event that helps you make it through the holiday season. It features an informative video that shows you how to plan your holiday season so you're not overwhelmed by it. You'll also learn how to survive holiday parties and get-togethers, how to handle loneliness, and you'll discover how you can gradually begin enjoying the holiday season again. The Surviving the Holidays video features the wisdom and perspectives of 13 grief recovery experts and interviews with many people who've wrestled with grief during the holiday season. At GriefShare Surviving the Holidays, you'll also have the opportunity to talk about how you're feeling about the holiday season and what you've learned in the video. Plus, you'll receive a holiday survival guide that will give you the ongoing support and wisdom you'll need this holiday season. Talk to the Grief Share leader at your church and visit griefshare.org slash holidays.
0: Surviving the holidays, coming to Shady Grove Wesleyan Church on November the 6th. If you'd like more information, check out the e-news or go to the website, shadygrove.net or contact the church office. And now more of my conversation with Joan Wood Rampey, one of the preacher's kids from Shady Grove Wesleyan Church. Her father, Dixon Wood, pastored at Shady Grove for over 30 years.
2: There was a youth group, and there were children's ministries after we got there. I don't remember there being anything like on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, we didn't have children's church. We sat in church with our parents. Now, we had our Sunday school classes. And then my mom started Tuesday afternoon, I think, after school. We would, uh, there was a children's um, thing at the church. And we would have a, a story and and mom would teach us songs. And I just remember there were a bunch of kids there for the Tuesday afternoon and now we had I grew up there was a youth group there. You remember you remember WY Wesleyan youth? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I sure yeah. do. Yes, we had that. I think I was president. I was oh. such a I was such a good girl growing up.
0: That's wonderful.
2: <laughs> it was just when I left to go away to college that life fell apart for me.
0: Well, <laughs> it might happen to a few of us. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Tanthea and Ebby Bowman, they had a son, Bill, went on to become, I think, a cardiologist there in Greensboro, uh, part of the youth group there. If they had had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back then, Bill was the guy you would have wanted for your phone a friend at Lifeline. Oh, wow. He He was brilliant. He, oh, uh, we just all knew he was so brilliant, but a great, a great guy. And he was in the youth group when I was, and uh, Carol Crutchfield, that was Russell and Bessie's daughter, another brilliant kid. We were surrounded by brilliant kids, it seems like, looking back on it. One of my best friends there, Kathleen Atkins, she was my roommate my freshman year in college, she was from there bill scott was in the youth group when i was there were several who were like in the older bracket they were all about three or four years older than i was and of course that my brother don was one of those richard potts gloria bell was a little bit older than don maybe just a little bit she went on to become a lifelong professor at Central Wesleyan College, just retired a few years ago, but she grew up there in the church.
0: What about going back to church service? Did your dad ever call you down from the pulpit? Were you ever doing anything that...
2: Yes. <laughs> um, it, oh, my word. The very These things seemed so big back then, but I remember when I got my first pair of Sunday shoes that didn't have a strap across them, okay? Yeah. You probably have no idea. what, But anyway, we all wore these little patent leather shoes that had a little strap across them. They might be black. They might be white. I had gotten my first pair of Sunday shoes that did not have a strap. I was sitting on the front row with one of my friends. I was sitting on the front row during the morning service, and I was just flicking those little shoes back (laughs) and forth, not off off my heel and back on. I was mesmerized by my old shoes. My dad stopped and he said, Joan, you and your new shoes need to go back and sit with your mother. <laughs> Boy,
0: that sounds just like Dixon Wood.
2: Well, and the thing about it is you knew, you knew that that was not going to be the end of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with yeah, when you get home. My mom was really, really, uh, we had some great musicians there. My mom really kind of headed up the music. So I was always surrounded with great music. I mean, she just always was bringing home wonderful music. She directed the choir. Of course, she and dad sang together, you know, musical numbers for the church. But I remember we had cantatas and we had musical programs. For its time, remember, this was back in the 50s and 60s. There was a lot of really good music there.
0: Was the was the building configured? I mean, was it the way it is now?
2: Choir loft was over on the right side as you went into the sanctuary. The The thing about that sanctuary, it wasn't deep at all. It was very wide. The organ was there. Catherine Westmoreland became the organist, did such a such an amazing job. I just remember there being really good music, because I look yeah. back on now, it now. Seems like there's always been good music. We- <laughs> a wealth of hymns. But then you had these incredibly godly women. They were such models to me, even at as a young person, as a child and then a young person who really didn't have much of a clue about what a godly life would look like exactly they were it you know lois coleman all of those just lived you know right around me there one across the creek and two just down the road and then there was alta rail oh my goodness she's a huge figure in my life some of these, like I say, Hattie Stack was a teacher at the elementary school, Panthea was, and Alta worked in the office at Colfax Elementary. So I got to be around these these wonderful women a lot. I'll tell you a story that about Alta that just kind of sums up. She also was my Sunday school teacher when I was in senior high. My freshman year of college, I went away to what was Central Wesleyan College then, and my freshman year of college was a disastrous year for me, just a disastrous year. Within about six weeks of going there or so, I was really in the clutches of of just sin. I was very far away from God that whole year, my freshman year there. It was a terrible year for me. It was a very hard year for my parents. I know I can remember when I would be at home and in that big two-story house, and I could be lying in my bed, and I would hear my parents just weeping and praying for me uh, downstairs in their bedroom. It was a hard year for all of us. Not long after school started, they had fall revival services. They call, call it spiritual emphasis week now, but it was fall revival services. And during that week, I just came to the altar and just threw myself before the Lord. Just, I think for the first time in my life, just recognizing my great, great need for him and of him and just for forgiveness and I remember that Sunday morning after that, I had gone home for the weekend, and Dad asked me if I would like to share in the service. I'm sure that so many of the people there had been praying for me. He asked if I would like to share, and so I said yes, and I did. But before service started, when we came up out of Sunday school, Alta asked me if I would like to sit with her that morning, and so I did. I was sitting there with her and then dad had me come up and I shared my testimony. And of course, I was quite emotional, came back and I sat down and Alta reached over. I can I can still remember it as if it were this morning. And she just put her hand on my hand and she said, I always knew this day would come. She was the one person besides my mom who throughout that year, she would write me, not, all, not real frequently, but every now and then I would get a handwritten letter from her, just a, a card or a note or something. I just remember her reaching over and saying, I always knew this day would come. What that said to me was that it just spoke to me volumes about the kind of faith that she had, even when I didn't, she did. So she, she was just a huge figure in my life. And I was so saddened by her, her sudden death a few years later. And there are just so many memories and I can name the people all the way up and down Bunker Hill Road that lived there, but yes, it was, it was a, it was a It was just an incredible place to grow up in the community. And then the church just gave me this wonderful, wonderful beginning in my life and, and just realizing what men and women who have Christ at the center of their lives, what they can look like to people looking on young people, children looking on because that was certainly my experience there.
0: And we're going to hear more from Joan Wood Rampy a little bit later on as she talks about her father, Pastor Dixon Wood, and some of the other things about growing up in the Colfax and the Shady Grove community there. That'll be coming up in a few weeks. Thank you so much for listening to Shady Grove Radio. Shady Grove Wesleyan Church celebrating 150 years. I'm Dan Loggins. So long, everybody. for joining us today on Shady Grove Radio. I'm Dan Loggins and if you have any questions about anything you heard on Shady Grove Radio today send me an email dan at shadygroveradio.com dan at shadygroveradio.com